Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. Today we continue a conversation we started on our last show with Lincoln Steed about the birds and the bees and the whales and the animals of the forest and the plants and the weather. In other words, the environment. Why should we be so concerned? Doesn't nature sort of correct itself and survive? Well, maybe, but at what cost? Also, Lincoln, in your editorial that you read to us in the last program, you outlined some concerns that you have that this whole environmental movement as demonstrated and spoken so eloquently by Greta at the United Nations may have some connections that could surprise some people. Review that for us. Well, it does have connections that are surprising and all great movements in history, while they have a beginning, their course is somewhat unpredictable because they seldom run quite the way they're planned. And it seems to me there's there's a little convergence of some forces. Greta has seized on a growing interest in our environmental future or lack of. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she's clearly acting as a a, a very effective spokesperson for her generation, the younger generation. And young people, I've I've known, I can remember it. I'm not so old, I can't remember being young. (laughs) And young people are very idealistic. And once they're stirred... They'll move heaven and earth to accomplish something, often without realizing all the the ramifications. They can become very fixated on something. It's not by accident that through the ages, the older generations, when that happens, often capitalize on this unleashed energy and direct it to their own purposes. And I think it almost certain at the moment that the Vatican document, Laudato Si, released in 2015, which is a grand and far-reaching document directed at the whole of mankind on this emergency of a dying planet and a possibly uh, mass extinction that Greta has seized on. I think it's significant that the Pope's solution, which is a Seventh-day evidence I feel good about, but he misdirects it again, is that we must recover the intention of the Creator, the rhythm inscribed in nature, And so he brings out the Sabbath as a rest, not just for man, not just for animals, but for the very earth itself. Pretty much like the ancients would leave the fields lie fallow. And he invokes the uh, Jubilee principle, you know, the rest for man and, and the earth. And Sabbath is brought up on this, which is great. But when you're talking government action and, and uh, an emergency where, where human rights are easily suspended, as this document itself says, for the common good, mm-hmm. it's playing with fire. And then I bring together, in my thinking, the uh, family rest day. You don't hear that much about it in the U.S., but internationally, particularly in Europe, it's big. This push for a day of rest, both from work from expenditure of energy on factories and all the rest, a day pulled out of the normal scheme of things, which will increase, of course, the demand for work on the other days, so unemployment will drop. It will uh, ease men's minds. It will save energy. And as they, at the end of the proposal, point out, it will enable spiritual renewal when people are encouraged, in fact, almost required to go to church 
and to look to the creator, which you think would be a good thing, but not good done by mandate. There you go. That that word require, that's what changes everything, right? Right. And then the, the thing that I threw in that I've never read anywhere, but I've noticed it, the Greta and her youth movement, which Putin, I think, ill-advisedly called naive, but yes. they're by definition naive. <laughs> <laughs> They've settled on Friday as the day, probably because at the end of the week, young people who, who are either in school or at work, you know, then they can rally and move and make a difference before the weekend slows everything down. But Friday is the big day for the Islamic world. And I noticed that the Islamic world has been just as affected by these demonstrations as the Christian world. And for the first time, I see something of a global nature that could indeed bring Islamic society and Islamic leaders in common cause in this case with the Pope's directions and for uh, political initiatives throughout the the Western world. That's a unique moment. And that's good to a point, but when there's the almost explicit demand for compliance, and as Pope Benedict said in his document, the need for a global authority with the power to act and to enforce, the likelihood of literal enforcement of religious dictates is very high. You know, Lincoln, I can almost understand why the papacy and why the Islamic world are getting behind this from altruistic reasons. You know, as a Seventh-day Adventist and as a health promoter, I know that a whole food plant-based diet is really good for you. And so I would be literally saving people's lives if I could force them to eat a whole food plant-based diet. I could literally be saving people's lives if I could have them rest one day a week. So how do I separate what I know will work to how I present it to the world? How do I do that? Well, it's a very tricky thing, and I think this one will only be solved when people keep a firm grasp on the principle that Jesus enumerated, render unto Caesar what is Caesar, and unto God what is God. And no one has the right to force someone else's conscience. But that's going to be a very difficult thing to keep in mind, even by religious leaders, as we move into what I think more and more will be demonstrably a global emergency. It's, it's almost an annual occurrence now to have a massive catastrophe in the U.S. I'm surprised we've absorbed as many without radical changes to society. But at some point, there's going to be a tipping point, and emergency measures will be invoked. And as always, the religious leaders will be ready to give a religious answer, yes. which usually involves, yes. you know, force them to church. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, the Middle Ages was not as aberrant as we think. In many ways, our little uh, time of freedom and of the sovereignty of the individual, that's the aberration. So, okay, this religious answer you mentioned there that so many people want to get behind, if we substituted the word spiritual for religious, would that work? We want to find a spiritual answer, and you find that however way you want to do that. If you want to go to church, fine. If you want to sit out and look at the nature, fine. If you want to drink a glass of water, that's fine. It's when religion is inserted into that flow that the problems yeah. begin. Well, you've heard me too many times. Yes. I make a distinction <laughs> yes, between religion, yes. which is the organization and the dogma and the doctrine yes. and the mandates, and spirituality. Now, of course, in our era, we've had new age and that where people take spirituality to the vanishing point, which is very uh, self-indulgent. But 
true religion, which the Bible recommends, I think in its truest form, is only validated with true spirituality, not with actions. I mean, this is the gospel conundrum. That's right. We're all wanting to be uh, saved and to do the right thing and to be accepted by God, but while you must do what he asks, you're not saved by that. You're saved because of, of your uh, spiritual connection with the divine, uh, having the same mind that is in Christ Jesus, an affinity with God. That's what he's after. So spirituality, if it's done correctly, whether it's Christianity, Buddhism, or whatever, I think it somewhat protects against uncharitable actions toward other human beings. But if you have religion, believing it's right, and being given some power, it automatically, with human nature in tow, will, will lead to forcing other people. Some years ago, I heard Cardinal Dolan, he was head of the Roman Catholic bishops in the U.S., and he told a Catholic audience when he was talking about religious liberty, he says, you know, once upon a time, the Catholic Church said that error has no right. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I think that could easily be invoked again on this environmental issue, where survival of the whole seems at stake. Even people of faith might not be so willing to grant someone the spiritual right to differ from them. Okay, so when it comes to environmental issues, you're saying that we as Christians, or we as Muslims, or we as Hindu, or we as agnostics, or whatever we, atheists, whatever we happen to be, we need to demonstrate our concern for the environment, not legislate a response to the problems with the environment. Am I right? No, I'm not even quite saying that. Some things might be legislated. How do you legislate these things without bringing in the religious or the spiritual elements of it? Well, that's now you're getting to the nub of what concerns me. I mean, if, if they mandate that only electric cars, no gasoline-driven cars, mm -hmm. there's no moral uh, conflict there. True. I'm not being compromised before heaven. But if they mandate that to save energy, I must attend church uh -huh. on a given day rather than how my conscience uh, moves me, that's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see already that we're heading that direction. As Seventh-day Adventists, we have some very significant writings by a visionary founder, Ellen White, and, and she uh, puts forward the likelihood, and she draws on revelation, that at the very end of time in the United States, people will say just that, looking at uh, Sabbath keepers, and, and people will say, you're just a little group. Mm -hmm. You know, why are you putting yourself against the wishes of the whole? You're holding us back. That dynamic is always how it works. And, and I think we're at the beginning, at the cusp of moving into that dynamic. Okay, well, you've identified a real issue here. You've identified a global problem. It's not just in, with Seventh-day Adventist in the United States. It's, it's, it's around the world. How do we, as a church... As a church body, how do we begin to address this? Well, we need to be sensitive to matters of conscience, not public morality, which is easily used to manipulate people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, then an overlay of not just nationalism, but globalism, survival, everyone's survival. Yes. Well, that may or may not be true, but in matters of faith, personal spiritual integrity trumps everything else. Mm. If... It were that simple, that to save this environment, we have to turn everyone into a denier of the God principle. It wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, 
when you look at it purely from a utilitarian point of view, you wouldn't accept that. And when you look at it purely from a uh, dogmatic viewpoint, which the Catholic Church did exemplify during the Dark Ages, again, you wouldn't accept that. Well, here is the environment from a very fresh perspective by our guest today, editor of Liberty Magazine, Lincoln Steed. Lincoln, thank you so much for being here and sharing your thoughts. We appreciate it. I hope it's thought-provoking. Absolutely, it is. I know my thoughts have been provoked. (laughs) There we go. And we also have a website, libertymagazine.org, for you to visit. What are we going to find there when it comes to the environment, Lincoln? We have articles, of course, that editorial that I shared in another program. Yes. That'll be there. and. More and more as this heats up, we'll have uh, topics. Now, of course, we can't just run lots of articles on the environment per se. We're dedicated to the principle of religious freedom and separation of church and state. So it will be from that point of view. All right, very good. LibertyMagazine.org. Check it out, listener. You will find a lot of resources there. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call 443-391-7258 or email us through our website at libertymagazine.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <laughs>